This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Frank. the The test came back positive for space AIDS. I think you might. <laughs> I think you might want to get checked out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that you're not sure what the ending means. I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. Maybe. And we're here to talk about ambiguous films and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Personally, I really like ambiguous stuff. Like, I I tend to kind of, like, lean for that more. And I think nowadays in films, um, it's become, like, a lot more present. Yeah. Like, back in, like, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, like... If there was an ambiguous film, it was kind of met with, like, harsh critique or it was kind of, like, in the 99-cent bin for, like, the longest time because mm-hmm. it's, like, at that era, like, a lot of people just went to go to a movie to, like, enjoy themselves and, like, see a film from start to finish and come out being like, yeah, I get that film. Yeah. Or, like, oh, go to see an action movie and it's like, yeah, I saw them shoot the thing and the big thing explodes and, like, boom, pow. Um, right. But films have evolved and they've become a lot more centered around like themes and a lot more centered around like ideas and concepts that make you think. And I always think it's funny because it's like my, my dad, and this is what made me think about this film was, um, I've, I showed him the lighthouse. Yes. And at that point I've seen it like four times and I love the film and I get the idea of the film. We've talked about it. Um, and he came out and he was like, I don't get it. Right. It was like I I didn't I I just wanted to see a movie for what it was. I, I only came here for the lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came, oh, I only came here to see Willem Dafoe get dirt thrown on him. Right. Yeah. Um. And I had to explain to him like you know what the idea was that like you know it's very much like Greek mythology and like that's the takeaway from it and it had like some Lovecraftian vibes to it and he was like huh yeah I didn't really like it then yeah um but like that's the thing is like. I, I love films that make me think. Right. And ambiguous films are great examples of that. Yeah. Um, most recently, we just did Men. And I know you kind of like we're sitting a little lukewarm with Men, but ambiguous ending to it mm-hmm. um, makes you think, like wondering what happened. Like what happened to Harper? Like is she okay? Like was this all real? Was it fake? Yeah. Like, and I think that those are the types of things that like really leave you wondering at the end, like, you know, what happened. And that's what makes it a film stick with you. Yes. Um, another one that I was thinking of right off the top of my head, Green Knight, the ending for. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that I didn't think that that was an ambiguous ending for me. I was like, that's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. And then you you said you were you said something to the effect of, no, I think it means this. Mm hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. No, 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 no. And then I had to go back and rewatch it <laughs> because I was, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, no, no. And I still think I'm right. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because I love when it, when it, when a film is ambiguous and it, and is kind of left to your interpretation, those tend to be my favorite films. Yes. I, I sit in, um, I'll sit and watch a film with my girlfriend and her sister and her sister is just, she hates Mm -hmm. that type of movie. She likes films that are cut and dry. There's a, there is a, this is the plot. Mm -hmm. There is no, there is no meaning for interpretation. There is no room for any of that. It is simply, this is what it is. And every time I ever show her a film, 
her and I just don't have the same taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find that interesting that she absolutely hates them. And meanwhile, like Jess is in the middle where she's she's like, I like both, you know? Yeah. I think she's kind of starting to lean more towards me now because I'm pulling her into the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that an ambiguous movie when done right, because there are moments of amb- of ambiguity that sometimes feel unsatisfying mm-hmm. and can kind of derail the story. So ironically enough, we both saw Nope. Yes. Jordan Peele's Nope. Mm-hmm. And didn't love it. Spoilers. Um, it, it sat at a, literally like a five out of 10 for me. Lower for me a mm-hmm. little bit. I, I don't, I'm not going to give it a, a rating, but I, I just, I didn't really like the movie that much. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I wanted to so bad. I know me too. Uh, I didn't see any trailers for it. I, I, maybe I saw the first trailer, and then you described to me the second trailer, and you're like, I'm a little nervous now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't love the film. And I think it's there's, like, moments in the movie that are, like, plot holes, sort of. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, is it am, is it ambiguous? Yes. Or is it not? So that's the The thing. idea of, like, the shoe mm-hmm. standing mm-hmm. did not take away mean? any from that. Yeah. Anything away from that. And it never came full circle. So I don't know what I was supposed to take away from it, and mm-hmm. I could just be missing it. I saw the movie one time in theaters, so I, you know, excuse me if I didn't if I didn't get it right off the bat. But to me, the 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 the, uh, the standing shoe didn't ever come back full circle. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a real prominent theme in the film for me anyway that I noticed. So why even show it? Mm-hmm. Like there's this ambiguous thing that's happening i'm not getting exact exact details as to what it could mean but then it also doesn't satisfy me that it was shown to me and now i don't have it never left yeah it, it just wasn't good it was opinion. a take it or leave it situation yeah yeah i mean that's the thing too like ambiguous films kind of fall into that category where they got to be careful where it's like it could just be like a plot hole or a missed opportunity right i think a movie that does it well I think the ending of Inception is yes. really cool. Yes, with the the, the dreidel spinning, yes. and you don't know, and it wobbles a little bit, right? And, and then like, it goes back. Yeah, and, and you don't like, know if he's in a dream world mm-hmm. or if this is real life or what's going on. That's cool. I mm-hmm. love that. Um, and you know, one of my we, we talk about it, you know, kind of often, um, but a, a very ambiguous film that leaves you unsettled that I do feel is satisfying is it comes at night. Yes. I feel very satisfied by the, by the end of that film. Yes, because uh, you leave there wondering, was there anything? Right. Um, for me, one that we did that I, I really, really enjoyed the ending to was American Psycho. Right. Like, I, but is that I, ambiguous? I think so, because like you, you tend to, the whole time you're kind of wondering, like, you know, was this actually real or not with Patrick But I Bateman. feel like him showing the book the journal and and the drawings in the journal showcases that he didn't do it. Maybe it's all in, but maybe it was not. all in his head, but maybe not. Ah. <laughs> I mean, one that's better ah. that you, one that's better that you will agree with is the ending to Birdman. Yes. Like when, um, when you have Emma Stone's character right. look up after he jumps out of the right. window yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's like, you don't know if he actually flew away or that was just bullshit. Right. And I kind of like to believe that it was bullshit just leading up to like everything else. But like 
it's ambiguous. And it makes me think. It's it's the reason why like it's on this list with me. I mean, one of your favorite films, pretty much ever, is Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, that that is on my list. Like the, I still don't know what the ending really means <laughs> for that. And I think that's something that like is hard to do. That turned out well. Like I think that there was the situation where it's like ambiguity can be up to the imagination in films, and this was an instance that it's like. I didn't get it, but it still makes sense. Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't right, I don't, fully... I don't fully understand it, but I know that that's on me. Yes. I need to go back and rewatch it. Because I'm there the are... piece of shit that can't get right. it. Right. There are, there, are, there are films, of course, that feel hollow, and then you leave and you're just... Man, I wish that... I, I don't know. I just... You know, there's films that you don't care enough to go back to, to, mm-hmm. to rewatch, because there's a real fine line yeah. between making it feel plot holy and things that you don't understand and, and the movie starts to feel lost or messy versus a film that the filmmaker in in their mind knows what the theme is, knows what they're trying to accomplish here, but just doesn't give it to you, doesn't spoon feed it to you because that's the one thing that I really don't like in films. I mean, yeah. I, can, I can sit back and enjoy a pretty cut and dry film perfectly fine, right? Uh... But it it's a film that usually doesn't make you think too hard. It's just this is what it is, and and that's fine. That's mm-hmm. that's great. Like yeah. th- there's nothing wrong with that. But an ambiguous film, you you have to sit with it for a few hours mm-hmm. usually, right? And that's what makes you go back to the film. And that's what makes you that. Well, that's what makes me. That's what kind of started this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Is like do you have these discussions because. That's what the best, the best thing about a film and especially an ambiguous film is getting different interpretations Mm -hmm. under you. We, we go, we sat in a theater together and now we're going to go take the next two hours to a diner and talk about it. And Mm -hmm. like, what did this mean? What did that mean? That's what happened after Nope. Mm -hmm. We went, we went, we went out into the parking lot and talked about it for like 45 minutes. Granted, we were kind of shit talking it the whole time because (laughs) it was, you know, it was a mess in my opinion. But you can still interpret things. Yeah. But we were, but we were. What did you what did you take from this? What did you take away from that? What was going on with the monkey? Why was the monkey a thing? Mm-hmm. What was going on here? What was going on there? All of that was was because to Jordan Peele's credit, it was ambiguous enough. There were things that were happening that did intrigue me. Yeah. I just don't feel like they were You just didn't get the payoff. I didn't the get end. the payoff, which I really was disappointed in. Mm-hmm. But a great film. Uh, like I said, that does it really, really well. I think, I think like the best ambiguous ending or the best ambiguous film that I can think of that I really, really think is top tier is probably, hmm, Hmm. would it be The Green Knight? I really like The Green Knight a lot. I like The Green Knight. My pick is the ending of The Shining where it like pans into Jack. Right in the photo right it's it's very cool we didn't exactly need that because like leading up to everything else the story all made sense but then you get like this one little thing that stanley kubrick threw in there that i think like, that i think that kind of makes it though yeah that's the thing is like it, it doesn't fully make sense and you have to keep going back and re-watching it to see like can you pick up like where this kind of like led to yeah and it's like that was the moment for me where it's like this this is ambiguity yeah Doctor Sleep, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that kind of answers a lot of it. But still, for 20 fucking years, that's all we had. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I don't know. There's something about an ambiguous film that I really enjoy. I think mm-hmm. that they are, um, like you said, I think they are becoming a lot more popular. Mm-hmm. I think that filmmakers are trying. I think that I, I, cause I hate man when a, when a, when a filmmaker treats the audience dumb. Yeah. And you always talk about that too, where it's like, don't f- spoon feed it. To I me. hate it so much. I don't need, you know, 15 minutes of exposition to explain everything because I don't think that that's what makes a good movie. I think that a visual storytelling is what makes a good movie and, and being able to, being able to trust your audience is so important. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really where the ambiguous kind of films sit, where they are... I don't want to say that it's esoteric because because that makes it basically be like, oh, there's only a certain group of people that will understand this. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that that's the point of an ambiguous film. I think like Lars von Trier is that type <laughs> of filmmaker where he's yeah. like... He's kind of like an esoteric, like, mm-hmm. if you don't understand it, then you're not as intelligent as me or whatever. Yeah, and what an ass. What a, Yeah, what a guy. Um, I I don't think that, like, I look at Portrait of a Lady on Fire, mm-hmm. and, I mean, there is there is ambigu- ambiguity there. Mm-hmm. And it's, of course, one of the big things that I always talk about is a story unfolding. Mm-hmm. And you don't know exactly where this is going to lead, and that's what I think the benefit of an ambi- of an ambiguous film really benefits because usually those are the films that unfold slowly, yes. and the ones that characters are making choices that maybe you didn't you weren't exactly expecting. Like I can sit down and I can always watch a good slasher film, mm-hmm. but. I know what I'm getting in a slasher film. Yeah. You're going in there to see blood guts. Right. People ripped apart. Right. Or I can, you know, for the most part, like Yorgos Lanthimos for me is maybe one of the best to do it Mm -hmm. right now when it comes to like ambiguous type of movies that are metaphorical and that you kind of have to sit there and interpret yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I sit, I sit there and I look at, um, the favorite, well, the killing of Sacred Deer, of course, but I I sit there and I watch like the favorite and Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm in awe of, of him as yeah. a, as a filmmaker, as a writer, and and that and, and he's always just so good with that last final shot, that mm-hmm. thing that you sit with at, at the end of it, and that final shot of the favorite where it's the you know the bunnies overlaying over Queen Anne. I mean, it's just some people didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Like I was sitting in the theater and I remember. The audience did not know what to do. <laughs> they were like, is this over? They were like, is this over? They were kind of giggling because I think they were feeling uncomfortable. They just didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm and I'm just thinking to myself. You're just weeping. This is powerful. Mm-hmm. This is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like an ambiguous film yeah. because it, it can affect you so it can affect different people in such drastic ways. I love the lobster from him too, like the ending where it's like he goes into the bathroom That's and you're wondering. Fucking eyes. Yeah, you're wondering. Though. No, he does. Because yeah, yeah <laughs> I, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe yeah, he chickens out. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and like I, I love that because you're waiting. It was like it, it, if there's like three more seconds, is he just running out of the restaurant? <laughs> maybe we don't know, but yeah. they, it's cut that way. Right. Yeah. Um, I did have like a couple of films that I had where it's like ambiguous, ambiguous films that just did not hold up to it. Okay. Um, the main one that I had that I remember vividly was uh, Take Shelter yeah, with Michael Yeah, that movie, Shane. not great. Man, you <laughs> know what? It sucks too because like, I wanted to like that I know, so me much. Too. Especially with Michael Shannon Yeah, in I it. like him so much. But like, man, like when you get to the point where it's like they're at the beach and like you see like this hurricane coming in 
and you're like, I don't know now if this is real or not. Right. Like, and and I don't care at this point. <laughs> and it yeah. sucks because it's like there were moments that like could have led up to it. Yeah. And that's where it comes back to where it's like it, it kind of draws this fine line of being plot holes or not. Right. It's like you got to like really, really sit and pay attention to the film. Yeah. And I think that is is a smart tactic for directors because it's like if you make an ambiguous film capitalizes on the fact that like you have to pay attention to every little detail to get it at the end yeah because there are plenty of films like action films where it's like you can go in and you can be on your phone half the time and still understand what's going on Mm -hmm. but like ambiguous films you really got to pay attention yeah um i i feel like and this might hurt you a little bit uh but three billboards outside ebsing missouri Uh um kind of ambiguous ending because it's like you don't know exactly like what they're, they're gonna, gonna go, go do. kill that guy or not yeah and i it's less of the fact that like it hasn't been built up to it it's just like i wanted that justification yeah the, again similar to what we were saying in the power of the dog last episode was you don't get that that release you don't mm-hmm. get that cathartic release that you want yeah. so badly so you just it, it almost ends on a happy hopeful note mm-hmm of these two have now become friends. But it's still very dreary. It is. I don't know. I really like Three Billboards. I know. But it made me want to like leave the movie theater and then set fire to my car just to get that release. <laughs> you know? It's really good though. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that that's a really powerful film that that again leaves the viewer in in a moment of what where are they going? It makes you think mm-hmm. like what's going to happen. And that just boils down to like ambiguous style of yeah. films and again like i really love it like i i think that it is definitely like a top tier style of filmmaking nowadays and especially in this day and age where like people are going to films and kind of trying to see something more metaphorical like something that like has a story but has a meaning behind it afterwards yeah i know the first screenplay that i wrote the ending is a little you don't know exactly mm-hmm. where this leads you don't exactly know how it ends you're like is he well, I'm not going to, I can't give anything away, but you know, it's basically just who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, one of those things. And I think that that just comes down to the simple fact that, you know, I like ambiguous, dark, heavy films, like yeah. things that make me sad. I don't know why, Yeah, but I do. It's funny. Cause it's like, I usually tend to like gravitate towards whatever emotion is being portrayed on the film. Mm. Um, so, like, if I go to see, like, a sad movie, like, I'll be a little sad afterwards. Right. Like, man, I was fucking destroyed when we did, um, what was it? Like, the, it wasn't really a film. It was the, the Hulu film where it's, like, the guy just, like, talking. In and, and of telling, itself? Yes, in and of itself. I was destroyed afterwards for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, like, I, I watched something, like, Call Me By Your Name, and I'm just, like, really happy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I also had to leave, like, halfway through the film to, like, go do some stuff, but, mm-hmm. like, that was when it was like the happy point of the film, <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm fucking feeling it today. <laughs> yeah, uh, what a the guy. What's that actor's name? Army Hammer. Yes, he's a lunatic. Yeah, <laughs> did you know that? No, he's but like, like, like I, I always forget his name. He's and then into I, fucking like cannibalism and stuff. Oh, you know, and he's he, like not acting anymore. He's, oh. he's he moved down to like an island and he's like selling Just eating people. He's like no, he's like selling timeshares or something now. Weird. Yeah, he got like kicked out of Hollywood basically for eating people. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot that do it, though. They just don't talk Maybe, about it. I don't know. I mean, we saw Flesh, so... Shout out to Flesh. Mm. Yeah. 
yeah, I don't know, man. Though overall, I think ambiguous films are the are the style of films that I always gravitate more towards, and 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 I think that they they tend to be the more indie art house films. Yeah, like if nothing else, like I know we keep talking about them, but like A twenty four has really like elevated that nowadays, right? Where it's like nine times out of ten, their films are ambiguous. Yeah, and it just it works. Yeah, it works on like so many levels for us. Yeah, because they 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 give the filmmakers distance mm-hmm. they allow themselves to for the from what i've heard they allow themselves to make the movie that they kind of have in their head mm-hmm. moonlight and, yeah <laughs> right yeah and that one also popped into me they allow they allow the the filmmaker to make the film that they want to make and they don't get involved too much with you should do this you need to do this mm-hmm. you need to do this instead whatever so a24 has definitely been the the standard now for indie filmmaking as a whole and the ambiguous they they kind of they live in that in that mm-hmm. in that sweet spot of of ambiguity it's such a hard word to say yeah. <laughs> um of you don't know exactly i mean you know you you watch movies like midsommar the witch the lighthouse mm-hmm. whatever all of these types of just pig like you, mm. you just watch these types of films and you're just i don't think that they made pig but it doesn't matter it, like that feels like an a24 film yeah. right these like small, intimate, just movies that a uh, go, a ghost story. Oh, I love a ghost story. Right, mm-hmm. like that's a that's a really good one too. That that you, it just at the end of it, you just feel like you're having an existential crisis. Like you're just like, I don't know what I am anymore, mm-hmm. and I need to just uh, two thousand one, a space odyssey. Oh my god, that was one that like while looking up everything, it just kept popping up, and for good reason. Yeah, it's just. The ending is yeah. just like what most, the fuck. Most of Kubrick's stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. 2001: Space Odyssey might be, that might be my favorite. Mm-hmm. If if you were gonna talk ambiguous, um, we always we gotta do it, man. Eventually, we gotta do it. We'll do it eventually. <laughs> I got. I'll I'll double check. I think like our 300th episode is coming up in some time. Yeah, maybe we'll we do have that. To do it, we have to do it on our 2001 episode. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a while. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be 81. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, man, like it, it, it's just the style that like works nowadays and I really love it. And I think it's probably the best thing in terms of like directors and, and filmographers that are trying to make something filmographers, that's, huh? oh, I don't know if that's is that a word. I don't think so. Uh, there's a filmography, which is your body of work. Yeah. A filmographer is the we- body of work maker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The person who makes yeah. it. Right, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but anyways, like they, like. It's the best idea, I think, for them because it's like you're making something that's going to like stick with somebody and force them to kind of like rewatch. Yeah. And that's an ultimately what you want yeah, as a right. director and a filmmaker. Right. Rewatchability is mm-hmm. one of the best things about a movie. And for us, like as the film watchers, like that's just something that like we can go back and think about and stick with us and have conversations like this where it's like these are the films that stuck with us. And maybe we didn't think about them every fucking day, but like we think about them a lot because of this reason. Yeah. Yeah. So ambiguous films, man. Zach, you have a recommendation? I do. It's not as ambiguous, though. Hmm. Um, my fiance and I have been playing the new game that everybody is in talks about called Stray. Um, oh, the cat game that you yeah, were telling man, me about. Yeah, the cat game, bro. It's fucking good. <laughs> um, so Stray, the developers are Blue 12 Studios. Um, it just came out where it's like PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox, uh, Steam, stuff like that. A lot of people are saying it's, like, game of the year, like, already. And, like, I've seen some, like, cracks 
in in the hole a little bit, but like, and I don't think there's anything that's gonna beat fucking um, what is it? The, the newest Skyrim, not Skyrim, like Bloodborne, Dark Souls s game. I keep fucking, dude. I don't play video games. I, I forget, don't. Know. <laughs> I, I don't. I keep forgetting it. Like fucking, no, nothing's gonna beat that right now. Okay. Um, but man, like fucking playing as a cat in a dystopian era is something to behold like in this day and age like making a game like that um it's adorable it's bleak it it's i i've heard because it's a very short game it's only like i think four or five hours um most people you haven't beat it yet no we're about like an hour and a half in okay um but like i've heard people like crying at the end of this film because of like how it made you feel game yeah not a film game that's what i'm talking about we talk about films they go hand in hand um there's a dedicated meow button yeah I it remember, freaks I remember, out all of my cats i remember last week you were you were like yeah but you can you, you were, can meow you can like <laughs> yes you can, you can like claw mm-hmm. a carpet or something yep. i was like oh okay that's cool i guess yeah you can rub up against like robots yeah which is really cute um i mean i'll give an update like once like we're actually done with it but like right now it's like an actual cool game like there's not many games that i can think about where it's like you play an animal that will make you feel something about like the world that we live in feel something <laughs> feel it. yeah all right so cool. stray um all right so we're gonna be taking a one week break yeah um we're going so, on vacation kind of ish yep so uh we'll be back at you guys in about a week but zach until then what movie will we be doing next? we have we we have some time so because of that Okay. We're getting a little bit lengthy here. Uh-huh. We are going to be doing a Clockwork Orange. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. A little happy. ambiguous at the end, too. I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, cool. So if you haven't seen a Clockwork Orange. You got two weeks. You got two weeks, and what's a better time than now? Um, okay, cool. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, will you roll the credits? <laughs> <laughs>